0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lubumba Pastors blog. I'm Musumba Jonathan. Our lesson today is entitled John 17, The Eternal Glory of Christ. Our text to begin is John 17 from verse 1 to 5. It says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh But today we're going to focus on something we didn't give attention to in that lesson. The deity of Jesus, when when we say the deity of Jesus, we're talking about that he is truly God, he is divine, is an essential doctrine in the Christian faith. Even in Jesus's day, there was a lot of speculation on who Jesus was and what he was. Jesus, Jesus asked the disciples who people said he was, and they responded, like this in Matthew 16, verse 14. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. These were at least positive speculations made by the people where they saw Jesus as someone good, but we see they didn't recognize his true identity as being the Christ, the Son of God. The Jewish leaders identified Jesus as a servant of Satan, Remember, they accused him of casting out demons to the Prince of Demons. There is testimony from writings from the Jewish rabbis that shows the leaders majorly described Jesus as a magician, sorcerer, and trickster. Today, if you ask people who Jesus was, some will say he was a good man, some say he was a teacher, some say a religious leader, and some might even tell you that he's a myth and no such person ever existed. Those are answers we hear from unbelievers. But even among professing followers of Jesus, there's many who don't really understand who he is. Some believe he was created in the beginning with God's other creation. But the Bible shows Jesus was actually the member of the Trinity, that is, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who was the one creating what God the Father wanted. In John chapter 1, verse 3, we read all things were made through him, that's through Christ, and without him, that's Christ again, was not anything made that was made. So the Bible tells us Jesus made everything. The same thing is told us in Colossians 1 verse 16, which says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in the midst of the creation narrative, we find this. It says, then God said, let us, notice the plural, make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We see clearly the Bible gives a different picture of who Jesus is than the answers we've discussed so far. Jesus is God, but his identity was kept secret until he was manifested to us in human form. In Colossians 1 again, in verses 26 and 27, we read, The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, Believed on in the world, taken up in glory. The disciples only knew Jesus in human form, except for Peter, James, and John witnessing his transfiguration and seeing his true glory. But we see in today's text that though Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, that is not the extent of his identity, nor the visible reflection of his glory. In the beginning of his prayer, Jesus asks to be returned to the glory he had with his Father before the world existed. Paul describes Christ leaving his glory to serve us in this way in Philippians 2 from verse 5 to verse 8. It says, Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Counting equality with God a thing to be grasped is a beautiful phrasing in the English translation. However, I think sometimes not everyone understands what that phrase means. God is explaining that, that Jesus was in every way equal in nature and standing with his Father. He was God in all matters, like his Father, or else the text could not describe them as equals. He was God. And yet, he didn't think being God was more important or more valuable than obeying the will of his Father. Think about that. What do you and I struggle to give up in order to be obedient to God? Many times it is sinful habits that keep us from obedience or love of worldly things. Jesus was God, but surrendered his position to become God's Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. It was as that Lamb that he was first identified by John the Baptist. He came to take away the sin of the world. But in our focus on his service and purpose, we must not miss that Christ's glory as God is eternal, it is forever. This passage from Philippians concludes like this, from verse nine to 11 of Philippians two, we read, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Notice how glory has been woven through the texts that we've been reading about Christ. Jesus' exaltation to the name above every name brings glory to his heavenly Father. This glorified position of Christ came through his service. We will forever worship him, ascribing to him glory, worship, honor, and praise when we are all glorified with him. I want us lastly to go back to the context of this chapter, which is Jesus praying for us. In the opening lesson on this chapter, I highlighted the differences in the things Jesus prayed for and the things that you and I tend to pray for. Do we pray concerned that God would be glorified in us and that we would be glorified in him? The Bible explains that Jesus made God known to us. Jesus showed people what God was like in every way. If we sent our children to represent us to other people, would we be totally pleased with the impression they gave of us, their parents? My wife and I sometimes find ourselves rebuking our oldest child with the expression that we think he ought to know better than to have done whatever it is that we're rebuking him for. The way he behaves does not always reflect the training he's been given. Do you and I, as children of God, always reflect the nature and likeness of God to those observing us? That ought to be a great concern for us in our prayer lives. Father, I don't want to misrepresent you to people. I don't want them to think Christians are evil and hypocritical when they look at my life. I want them to see your glory. I want them to understand your character. So let's pray earnestly that it would be so. God bless you all.